Today I want to chat about a subject that is raised in 1 Samuel. The subject is God commanding the destruction of men, women, children, even infants, as an object of his punishment of evil people. In chapter 16, 3, Saul is commanded to utterly destroy all life of the Immaculates. Personally, I find that a very hard order, and I suspect many others find it also difficult. Such slaughter seems diametrically opposed to the teachings of Christ. One step removed, please make a convincing argument to our many naysayers who criticize our beliefs. To consider this issue, I have chosen to synthesize a combination of an open source article by Chuck Colson entitled Stumbling Blocks, which includes some dialogue between the author Lee Strobel and theologian Norman Gessler, and excerpts from an online answer to the question by the Reformed Seminary in Orlando, Florida. Colson begins by pointing out such killing is a stumbling block to embrace a loving God for many people. It bothered Lee Strobel and prompted him to seek answers from an established theologian, Norman Gisler. In Deuteronomy 7, for example, God commanded Israel to totally destroy the Canaanites and six other nations and show them no mercy. He also ordered Israel to destroy the Immaculates, including women, children, infants, and animals. Fair question. Can people be expected to worship God if he orders innocent children to be slaughtered? The answer, Gessler told him, is that God's character is absolutely holy. He must punish sin and rebellion. The Bible shows that the Immaculates were utterly depraved and that their goal was to wipe out God's chosen people. So God used the Israelites as his instrument of judgment. But why did innocent children need to be destroyed, Strobel asked. First, Gessler says, God is sovereign over all life, and he has the right to take it if he wishes. Secondly, the fate of children throughout history has always been with their parents, for good or for ill. Third, given the violent and depraved nature of the Immaculate culture, there was no hope for these children. In a sense, God's action was an act of mercy. Some Christians believe that a child who dies before the age of accountability goes to heaven. But in any event, it is the prerogative of a merciful God to make that decision. Finally, the Immaculates were given plenty of time to repent, and they chose not to. God's holy nature demanded that he deal with a pervasive evil. Same for the Canaanites. These people practice incest, bestiality, cultic prostitution, and child sacrifice. The Bible says their culture was so evil that it nauseated God. He destroyed the Canaanites, but the righteous among them were saved. Whoever repented, God has been willing to save. God also destroyed the Canaanites for, <clears throat> for Israel to be relatively free from outside corruption that could have destroyed it like a cancer and came close to doing so. The reason that it is not evil for God to kill people is that all people deserve to die as they are being punished because they are guilty of sin. In fact, death is a consequence of sin. All die because they are guilty of sin. Even Jesus did not die on the cross until after all the guilt of sin was credited to him. That's in 1 Peter 2, 24. In the flood, he killed everyone but Noah and his family. The reason being that the behavior was exceedingly evil. The same was true for Solomon and Gomorrah in Samuel 1 Samuel 15, 2 and 3, God made it clear that the genocide of the Immaculates 
was also in response to a significant sin. It would seem that God did not make it its practice to wipe out nations unless they were particularly evil. When he did wipe out nations, though, it's true that in some respects, the young died because of the sins of the adults. Moreover, God is not under any compulsion to treat people with total equality. He has mercy on whom he desires. That's Romans 9, 14 through 16. He never treats anyone unjustly, but he does show greater mercy to some. God's vengeance is not indiscriminate, but appropriate and careful. He does not exercise judgment against the righteous. Only by faith may we be counted as righteous. This is why Jesus said that no one will get to the Father except through him. In the Old Testament, God was the king of the nation of Israel, and he used them to wreak vengeance on those who broke his covenant. As a warrior king, God led Israel into holy wars against the enemies and often destroyed them utterly. After all, God himself once wiped out the whole world's population because of man's wickedness. He preserved only a few in the earth. Moreover, the Bible teaches that in the future, God will take vengeance on his adversaries in such a horrific way that the violence of the Old Testament pales by comparison. The God of the New Testament is the God who will punish sinners in the fiery pit of hell for eternity. God has always been about both love and vengeance. We frequently stress his love because it is far more pleasing and enjoyable. Nevertheless, both Testaments warn us of the dangers of God's wrath. This is why salvation in Christ is so important and so wonderful. Christ took upon himself God's fierce anger, which should have been poured out on us. As a result of Christ's sacrifice, which satisfied God's anger towards those who believe, we can rest in a very one-sided relationship with God, enjoying the blessings free from the violence of his curses. May your day be filled with many blessings. Good day.